Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. approach to tackling coronavirus is to prepare for the worst and work for the best. You need a totally different style of leadership. It's not enough to have a plan. You need to be testing, testing, testing. Britain and the EU, do they want to be seen as locking horns on an issue such as a no-deal Brexit when the economy is going to be suffering and people's lives are going to be facing so much disruption? Hello, you're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Roger Hearing. A very good afternoon to you. Now, today is a bit of a special day because obviously we're reflecting on what's going on with the Prime Minister, who is in the intensive care unit at St Thomas's Hospital. And uh, he is displaying uh, very much difficult symptoms, which the doctors are dealing with, though apparently he is not on a ventilator as yet. But he's been suffering from the virus for 10 days. He's been in hospital since Sunday evening when his symptoms worsened. Uh, And we are due to get an update from a spokesman from for the prime minister quite shortly. Yeah, we will bring you the latest details as soon as we get them. Of course, for now, the Foreign Secretary, Dominic Raab, is temporarily taking over from Johnson, saying that the government will continue to fight the virus as the UK potentially nears the peak uh, of infection rates. Uh, So the Cabinet Office Minister, Michael Gove, has also reiterated this morning uh, that it is business as usual for ministers and officials. The work of government goes on. The Prime Minister has given us clear instructions about what he wants us to do in order to make sure that we maintain social distancing guidelines, slow the spread of this terrible disease, um, and then build up the resilience of the NHS. And shortly after that, it was confirmed that Gove himself has now gone into self-isolation. He, in fact, uh, tweeted uh, saying, many thanks to the kind messages in accordance with the guidance. I'm isolating at home after a member of my family started to display mild symptoms of the virus on Sunday. I have not displayed any symptoms. I'm continuing to work as normal. So that from Michael Gove within the last few hours. For more, let's bring in Bloomberg's executive editor for international government, Rosalind Matheson. So we are waiting to hear the latest in terms of the prime minister's illness, his treatment at St. Thomas's Hospital in London. But this is obviously incredibly serious and worrying. Well, that's right. Um, As you said, he's in hospital receiving oxygen to help with his breathing. We understand he has been conscious. He's not been put on a ventilator, but obviously in the ICU in case that becomes necessary because what we've seen from people who've been suffering from the coronavirus is there is a tendency around the 7 to 10 day mark to take a sudden turn for the worse. That can happen very quickly and really affect people's breathing and that's when ventilators are required. So that seems to be a precautionary step. Uh, We haven't heard anything specific about his condition today aside from the fact that there's no change since last night. We're hoping to get some clarity on that shortly uh, and then of course there'll be the press conference the standard press conference that the government has later this afternoon what we've also discovered today is that the cabinet officer office minister michael gove is now also in isolation a family member of his has 
suspected coronavirus. He doesn't display any symptoms himself, but as a cautionary step, he's also now isolating. So what you're seeing is various members of the British government in isolation, but still trying to sort of formulate some kind of collective response uh, to the virus here. Now, Ros, just walk us through, walk us through what's, what's happening here, because a lot of people are confused by this. We have a prime minister. The prime minister is uh, asked by the Queen to form a government. He forms a government. In a situation where the prime minister can't function as a prime minister, what happens? Well, that's right. It's, it's a bit more complicated than just having a president and a vice president, uh, because Boris Johnson remains prime minister and his deputy of sorts for the moment, Dominic Raab, doesn't have the full powers of that position, even though he's minding the shop while Johnson is in hospital. So he will chair the government's daily meeting on the coronavirus. He will make some decisions about the response effort, but it really becomes a collective effort at this point with other cabinet ministers. And it's unclear, you know, who has responsibility for certain parts of that, including national security issues, heaven forbid, if there's a big decision that has to be made there at this point in time. And the reason this has also possibly caused the concern is that we have seen signs of division within the British government about the response to the virus, particularly how quickly and in what manner to lift any lockdown measures. So Raab has some control at this point, but he doesn't have overarching control, even though he's ostensibly in Johnson's shoes for now. Yeah, indeed. Uh, just this morning, we were speaking to the Conservative MP Bim Afalami. Um, he expressed the real surprise of Conservative MPs. And I think this is true for many people in the UK, uh, uh, indeed for journalists, at the swift change and turn of events, um, given that even yesterday, the government was sounding really quite positive about uh, Mr. Johnson's health condition. Um, you know, Mr. Afalami talked to us about how, um, although people hadn't seen the Prime Minister in person, that he was on calls, he was on video conferences, he was very much in charge of the government. And then things took a very uh, you know, swift uh, turn. We're not exactly sure whether that was to do with the messaging or the facts uh, in terms of the, the, the case for Mr Johnson? Well, that's right. It does seem that he took a fairly rapid turn for the worse, but both Gove and Rob have said that they, didn't, they have not spoken with Boris Johnson since Saturday. Uh, that was before he went to hospital. And the messaging we were given on Sunday and indeed into parts of yesterday was that Boris Johnson was conscious, he was in good spirits, he was involved, and yet it seems that some senior members of his government have not actually been speaking with him um, through that period. So it does raise, again, some questions just about the transparency in this, um, although, as you said, it's possible that these things have come on very quickly. We do know from the, from the selfie videos that Boris Johnson was releasing even before he went to hospital um, from his isolation at Downing Street, that he looked pretty ill. His voice was shaky. He had a persistent cough. He certainly had a persistent temperature. So he's obviously been suffering throughout, and it's possible that this came on very quickly. But the, the, the questions around transparency certainly do add to the broader issues around the government's handling of this and just how open they've been, particularly since they had to completely reverse their position on things like lockdowns and testing. 
I suppose one of the interesting things with this, Ros, is, is sort of the wider political implications of it, because you do now have people uh, running the show who were not before, and I guess the capacity for them to make decisions. But you also have a sense that the opposition, uh, the new leader, of course, Keir Starmer, taking over the Labour Party, uh, is willing to work with the government. Are we moving, do you think, towards a potential government of national unity at some point? Well, that's possibly been on. It's been on the table a little bit, and then possibly sort of taken off a little, little bit again. Because, of course, Keir Starmer initially said, "Yes, I'll do exactly what's needed to work together." Well, you know, to to combat this virus, and then there were a few comments that suggested that Labor was obviously concerned about um, the approach that's been taken again by the Conservative government. Again, we can't have too much austerity in the aftermath of this. We need to do more to protect key workers and so on. Um, and there must be some kind of clear exit strategy uh, for the UK to come out of the lockdown. So it seems like they, they're saying they will engage constructively with the government, but equally they have concerns. I mean, Summer said outright the British government has made mistakes in the way it's handled this. Um, obviously, with Boris Johnson out of action, that raises, in a way, the necessity for Labour to collaborate uh, with, the, with the government on this. This is not the time, perhaps, to be trying to score political political points but clearly there are some differences of opinion about how that should be handled so you've got this yeah. divide possibly not just within the conservatives but also between the government and the labor party yeah uh, i mean obviously the prime minister is the most high profile case but there are 18,000 nearly people being treated in hospital for coronavirus and more than 5,000 people have died in britain so then ros what is the situation when it comes to testing and PPE provision? Because that, you know, has also been part of um, the problem, really, with the government's response um, to, to this crisis. Well, that's right. So there's two aspects um, to some of that concern. One is the testing, because, of course, again, the British government initially opted for what they called herd immunity. And now they've, they've, they've pivoted to the realisation that testing is important. But equally, they're now having difficulty ramping up that testing to the levels they're promising and to do that very quickly. So there are still a lot of people who are not being tested and access to tests is problematic. So that's one issue. The other one is that many of the frontline healthcare workers, I guess, and similar to other countries, um, but particularly because the NHS here is so revered. It's one of those giant organisations that is held very dear to the heart of many people in the UK, that frontline health workers are saying they don't have access to the right PPE. Um, they're given a few masks, basically, and told that's it. Um, and so there is a backlash possibly coming against the government on that front because if they're not seen to be protecting the healthcare workers that people have been going outside and clapping for at night several times um, here in the UK, mm. that, uh, that, could, that could rebound on the government because uh, they need to be seen right now to be, to be protecting uh, the frontline health workers who are taking the brunt of this. Now, Ros, I mean, it's a very long time since you and I talked about Brexit on this programme. We have in the past many times, but uh, it's been a while. And I mean, in this situation, we are at an interesting point where the key people in the whole Brexit negotiations have been affected by the virus, uh, including the man perhaps who, who has most invested in all this now, as we know. Uh, again and again, they've said no to any kind of extension uh, of the time period before uh, the full departure from, from Europe comes through. But this must surely be a moment where it's unavoidable. There's got to be a delay, whether Boris Johnson or his supporters like it or not. Mm. 
Well, that's right. As recently as yesterday, uh, Boris Johnson's spokesman, James Slack, was saying there are no plans to extend the Brexit transition period as a result of the coronavirus. That, of course, was before the news that Boris Johnson was moving into intensive care. Uh, but either way, there have been serious concerns about just how these talks can go ahead, given the virus. There were several attempts, or plans rather, to have face-to-face meetings. Those have all had to be deferred. Um, and then some talks have happened virtually, but certainly not to the extent they would have hoped by now. Um, the chief Brexit negotiator was talking yesterday um, to someone on the EU task force, but the high-level talks have certainly slowed down. Uh, Boris Johnson, of course, as you know, is highly keen to have that wrapped up by the end of the year and has been adamant so far that there'd be no delay. But it's possible that just by sheer force of the virus and the inability to meet and discuss this, given the complexity and the number of regulations and rules that have to be ironed out and the various uh, demands that will come out of that, that he would have to at some point entertain a delay. But now at least they're saying that that's not on the table. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Downing Street had, had been putting out the line, not unreasonably perhaps, trying to keep confidence going there, that this wasn't really much more than uh, a mild issue uh, for him, and, uh, and, and then the shock that this wasn't the case. I think there had been suspicion when it turned out that Dominic Raab uh, hadn't actually spoken to uh, Boris Johnson since Saturday, so I think there was a lot of concern going on mm. from that, and I think a feeling that perhaps in all this one of the things where the government hasn't succeeded that well is in fact getting its message over, uh, perhaps as well as it could or as clearly or as consistently and that in itself of course does tend to breed a certain amount of uh, of concern and worry about what else we're not being told in what is a, a real national crisis well let's now talk to philip lee he's part-time gp now and former justice minister of course when he was a member of the conservative party but he did uh, join the liberal democrats last year um philip thanks very much for being with us i understand you've just in fact uh, you're very active as a gp you've just literally come from a patient treating a patient say, not so much part time at the moment, but no, uh, I, I yes, can imagine. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, quite challenging, getting more so actually. Indeed, yeah. I mean, a lot of pressures on you. I mean, we might talk about the, the, the health and difficulties that, that, that are out there for GPs like yourself. But first, let me just talk to you about the government. Uh, which, well, you were a member of government in, in very recent times. Uh, is government possible under circumstances in which uh, the main person, the, the, the prime minister, is not able to function? Well, look, I mean, we're in uncharted territory here, and the Prime Minister has uh, delegated um, responsibility uh, to the Foreign Secretary um, where needed. I mean, it's being sort of qualified. I mean, in essence, in Britain, you have cabinet government, so I I suspect that cabinet is is going to be a team effort in terms of uh, managing the government's response to this dreadful pandemic. Yeah. Is that enough, though, um, in this situation? Government policy on tackling the virus running into um, this issue was already uh, sort of underwater and facing a lot of challenges before the the um, the diagnosis yes. of the PM. 
I, I think that the, the big decision that's going to be looming is is making a judgment on relaxing the the sort of in inverted commas lockdown measures, and that is going to be a challenge for government. And I I, I think that they're going to be earning their salaries next week because the problem is is that. It, Technically, until we have an effective treatment and also an effective vaccine, any decision to try to reduce uh, the measures that are currently in place, there's a potential for an uptick in loss of life. And uh, basically, the government is being asked to make a decision between essentially the state of the economy and and loss of life. And that type of judgment um, is never going to be easy. Can I ask you, Philip, about, about the situation with regard to Boris Johnson, but also people generally? Uh, there has been some criticism that Boris, clearly at the heart of what was going on, didn't give himself time to recover, and that may potentially have been the problem. Very briefly, just tell us, is that an issue? People perhaps working when they shouldn't and putting themselves in worse I, I, health? I, I'm cautious about talking about individual cases, and that, that applies to the Prime Minister as much as any patient that I'm managing at the moment. But yes, I do think that there is an argument that if you have this infection, the best thing you can do is take to your bed and to rest. Um, because for most people, that will be enough. Um, mm. We don't yet understand why some people are having such extreme immune responses to this um, virus. It might have something to do with the, the, the amount of virus that you get sort of exposed to. It might be something else. Um, it's still not clear. But for most people, resting and not continuing at work is the sensible approach. Bloomberg Westminster. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.